back in Galatians, Paul, along with some others, they've gone to Galatia. Their ministry is fruitful. It's effective. Churches are starting. People are being converted. But there's weeds in the field. You see, there was false teaching going around that was so serious that the very nature of the gospel itself was compromised. And at the core of this damnable teaching was a simple yet fatal idea, which is that your deeds, your goodness, your pedigree can actually measure up. And it's the simplicity of this heretical idea that allowed it to take many forms. In Galatia, this looked like false teaching, false teachers claiming that, yes, you do need to trust in Jesus to be saved, yes, but you also need to be circumcised. And it's because of how simple and malleable this error is, that it's incredibly easy to believe. So much so that even Paul, or excuse me, even Peter himself fell into this trap. As Kevin Larson explained a few weeks ago wonderfully. Um, but you know, behind the mask of every false gospel and heresy is the ugly face of works righteousness. And so Paul unmasks this so-called gospel for what it truly is. And he writes to the Galatians reminding them that they're they're not justified before God by their works. It's only by faith in Jesus. Only by faith in Jesus. That's the big passage or the big message I want to take away from today's passage. Um, I won't cover everything. Kevin Larson's going to cover um, what we call union with Christ and what what, uh, Paul describes as the works of the law. Uh, Kevin's going to talk about that. Today, I just want to focus specifically on what we call um, justification by faith, all right? Um, Now, I know there are some of you who are thinking, okay, this is kind of like that basic Sunday school type stuff, but don't, don't check out here, right? Don't fall into the trap of thinking that this is just something that you needed to hear about once to be saved. The truth is that the result of misunderstanding this doctrine is fatal at worst, and debilitating at best. So I want to explain what justification is. Secondly, how justification works. And thirdly, how justification by faith changes you. First off, what justification is. What justification by faith is. See, Paul mentions the word justification um, five times just in these short verses. Um, it's not really a common word that we use today, right? Um, but it's, it's deeply embedded in the fabric of Scripture. Both the Old and the New Testaments are filled with this kind of language. And the most basic definition of to justify is to declare or count one righteous. You know, so, th- so think about like a court, right? If a judge declares somebody innocent, they've, they've justified them in a sense, right? They're, they're not guilty, And scripture uses this courtroom image to describe humanity's final judgment. But contrary to popular belief, we all stand guilty before God. Yet it's the same God who has every right to condemn us. It's that same God who actually justifies us. And he justifies all those who have placed their faith in Jesus. God forgives them of sin. And he goes even further to declare them righteous in his sight. Even though in and of ourselves, we're not actually righteous. Praise God for that. It's radical that God would do something like this, declaring us innocent of all future, past, and present sin. 
regardless of who we actually are. It's no wonder Martin Luther, the great Protestant reformer, said that if this doctrine is lost, the whole knowledge of truth, life, and salvation is lost and perishes at the same time. But if this doctrine flourishes, everything good flourishes. True worship, the glory of God, the right knowledge of all things and social conditions. Society itself will flourish if we get this doctrine right. But sadly, many of us don't live this out, right? This doesn't radically change the way that we see the world because while we theoretically believe we're justified by faith, we practically seek justification in other ways, apart from faith in Christ. You see, justification becomes a thing that gets you into heaven, right? But it doesn't work as the thing that gets you through life. And the degree to which we believe this shapes how you live. This is the problem at hand in verses 15 through 21. You see, despite the sort of closed quotation marks in verse 14, Paul, he's likely continuing the same conversation he, he, he had with uh, Peter. I think he's still retelling that story about how he broke fellowship with the Gentiles. You know, before a certain group of false teachers came in, Peter's sitting around, he's eating, he's having fellowship, great time. These false teachers come in there, he pulls away from the Gentiles. He doesn't want to talk to them anymore. He doesn't want to associate with them, Right? See, before he was living out the fact that if God justifies all people by faith, which meant God wasn't judging people based upon their ethnicity and their pedigree, that means that that Peter couldn't judge either anyone like that either, right? But Peter falls into this trap. You see, he would have said his justification was found in God, but he was actually seeking justification and validation from his culture and his own obedience to Old Testament law. This is why Paul responds the the way that he does in verse 16. He says, look, we know as Jews we're God's people, we're special, we're set apart, yada, yada. But even we, even we know that it's not by our law keeping that we're justified. It's only through justification and faith, through faith. And when we examine, when we examine the apostles' interaction, we better understand our own sinful beliefs that smother out this doctrine from our hearts. This passage makes it clear how our heart works. Whatever we go to for validation or assurance that we're okay, that's our God. That's whom we're seeking justification from. It's not if you're looking to be justified, right? It's not if. The question is, is the God on the judgment seat in your life actually going to render a verdict that's sufficient? And whether you're a Christian um, who's, who's been walking with the Lord for 20 years or whether this is your first time at a church gathering of any sort, you need to understand this. You see, we're all justification-seeking, valid, validation-craving people. We can't not do it. it, it it's ingrained into our DNA. We, we live for it. Let me give you some examples. Um, one fact that's true about cars is that we have a whole bunch of kids, right? And so you look at your kid and you try to raise them as well as you can. And, and one of the things that people point out is that um, kids need a whole lot of affirmation and approval and all of that kind of stuff that I'm not really good at giving. Uh, they need a whole lot of praise. It has to be frequent, intentional, and genuine. In fact, some people say you actually have to to praise your kid three to four times as much as you criticize them. Yet, on the other hand, um, 
you know, if you don't praise them enough, uh, you know, they, they become damaged potentially. But if there's too much praise, if there's too much of the wrong kind of validation, your kids grow up and become a narcissist at worst and fragile at best with little to no resiliency at all. Well, think about social media, right? On the one hand, you can't live without some kind of validation. We need someone, somewhere to tell us that we're beautiful, we're pretty. You're smart. You're actually insightful. So we constantly post. Yet, on the other hand, you can cancel anybody at the drop of a hat who doesn't agree with you or whatever verdict on the, whatever verdict the God of your life has rendered. There isn't hardly any mode of existence as self-justifying as social media. It's the ultimate echo chamber. We're all seeking it. We're all seeking justification. And anyone or anything we put in God's place and let become our judge will never give us the kind of verdict we need. Let me give you one more example before I move on here. Um, there's a, a rapper, his name is Logic. I don't know if many of you guys know who this is, but a few years ago he made this song that was, um, the title of the song was a suicide hotline number, and he performed the song at the Grammys. He's a very, you know, talented artist. But he, he decided to stop rapping, right? And so he's being interviewed by somebody, and they're asking him, okay, well, what happened? What happened? And this is what he says. He says, well, when I was younger, I signed with Def Jam Records. And I said, but what's next? I did a show for 200 people. When can I do 1,000? I did 1,000. When can I do 5,000? I did 5,000, but when can I sell out the garden? You release a project, and someone says, yeah, but it didn't go gold. It goes gold. And then they say, yeah, but it didn't go platinum. Then you go platinum. Then, then you go six times platinum, and it's never good enough. It's like a drug. Rap doesn't give me the butterflies anymore. There was happiness, but I need something more. The pain was in releasing an album that I had so much fun on and everybody said was crap because they hold you to such a high standard. It was always this thing of just not being good enough for anyone ever. I was trying to search for that acceptance in hip-hop. I wished I would be loved. It's funny because so many other people would love my music and after years of wanting that, it only left me with emptiness. I'm tired of these people having such power over. See, I'm not making this up. I'm not trying to be clever, right? This is reality, and this is where justification by faith meets you. It meets you at the deepest point of your reality. Who is your God? Is it your accomplishments? Is it your talents? Is it ministry? Is it your friends? If it's not the God of the Bible, you're not going to get what you're looking for. And so as we transition, justification is God declaring us righteous, even though in and of ourselves we're still sinful. But how does this work? How, how are we justified? Well, the first thing you need to know is that justification by faith um, <laughs> is, that, is that it's not by your works. Justification by faith alone is not something that happens through your works. You see this in verse 16 and in verse 20. when Paul says, A person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus. And in context, works of the law refers to Old Testament moral and ceremonial laws. You know, the things that, that faithful Jews would do to set themselves apart and uh, you know, make themselves useful for God. So circumcision, obeying the Sabbath, um, that kind of thing. 
or, or in Peter's case, you know, it's, it's eating certain foods that are clean or holy. But this phrase, works of the law, has broader meanings in Paul's writings and throughout Scripture. One pastor says that if we were to simplify works, we would put it in a category of things that we do to rely upon before God. So morality, baptism, confirmation, church attendance, and so on. These are things that we've deemed as good things. And it's these works that Paul says can't justify us. And the reason why is, is, is not because there's something wrong with God and his ways. <laughs> um, it's actually because there's something wrong with you, with me, with us. Right, right. Your computer is not working the way that you want it to, not because your computer's broken. It's a user error, right? That's what's going on. The problem is that we can't love God in our neighbor the way that we ought. It's impossible. And most of us, if we're honest, we'd actually admit that. We've said this multiple times in our lives. Nobody's perfect, right? We've said that. Yet scripture goes even further. It's not only that our deeds are worthless when it comes to our justification. Our good works are insidious. They're deceptive. They're almost like dandelions, as I was thinking of how to describe this. I mean, they, they look pretty. You know, the field right there is full of them. They look pretty, but they're, they're really just weeds. They're useless. They're worse than that. They actually choke the life of it, out of anything that you might actually want to grow though they look beautiful at times. And it's in this vein that Scripture says our good deeds and righteousness are filthy rags. Filthy rags. Elsewhere, Paul considers even his best deeds as dung. Why? Why does the Bible put it this way? Why, 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 why? And here's why. This is why. Because Christianity isn't a religion about a set of rules, but rather a declaration of bankruptcy. This is why Jesus said he came not to call the righteous, but the unrighteous. Jesus did not come to give a slap on the wrist to a petty criminal. No, he came to give life to the condemned felon. He came to give life to those who are dead, not advice to those who just want more rules of life. Jesus came to comfort the disturbed and to disturb the comforted. And it's until you realize this, you'll never see the beauty of justification. Jesus will always be relegated to the realm of a good teacher with just more good advice for you. You can't actually have justifying faith until you get this. And this is what Paul's hinting at here. Justification is not by striving. No, no, no. It's by faith in Jesus, in his life, in his death, in his resurrection. And it's in that moment that great exchange happens where Jesus takes on all of our sins and he gives, up, he gives us all of his righteousness. Jesus dies a death that we deserve, so God's legal, legal verdict towards us isn't just one of innocence, but it's just, as if we've never sinned and we've only ever obeyed. We're simultaneously a sinner, yet justified. It's through faith. And the basis of your justification isn't the amount of faith. I want to be careful here, guys, because in the church we get this messed up. It's not even the amount of faith that saves you. It's the object of your faith. 
It's not about the quantity, but about the quality. You see, faith doesn't merit God's acceptance. It accepts Christ's merit before God. And we can't compromise on this. Because the alternative to this is devastating. If you don't believe this doctrine, then you are wasting your time by being here. You are wasting your time by opening up your Bible every morning. Because if you're justified by your works, then as verse 21 says, Jesus died for no reason. The cross was pointless. And so before I move on to my last point, I want to tell you, I want to give you a way in which you can know whether or not you're relying on your own works or Jesus' works. And this can't be a direct approach, right? You can't, you can't just straight up ask if you're relying on your salvation because most Christians will tell you, yeah, I trust Jesus. Like, nobody's going to, like, really deny that in the church, right? Like, like Sherlock Holmes says, there's nothing more deceptive than an obvious fact. You have to dig. You have to find out what you're relying on. And one way to do this is by examining how your, how your heart responds on the good days and on the bad days. Here, here's what I mean. You're relying on your works. When you get a D on the calculus exam and you say, well, at least I'm not as stupid as you. I'm not failing algebra. Right? You're relying on your works when your parent says, hey, son, like, I feel like there's something that you need to work on in terms of like, your heart. And you say, well... Pops, I'm not as annoying as that guy, my brother. Like, It's in those moments you're relying on your own sense of goodness. But you're also relying on your own works when you do get the promotion, when you do get the job you want, when you do make the varsity team. And the first thought is, well, I know why I got here, but I don't know why this guy's on the team. You see, justification summarize here quickly. It's by faith alone and Christ alone. And a way to tell whether you're trusting in Jesus is by looking at how you respond on good days and bad days. But the last thing I want to show us before we're finished this morning is how justification by faith changes you. Thirdly, how justification by faith changes you. Now, I, I do want to be careful because this doctrine is primarily about our new sort of um, legal standing before God. Um, theologians have, have pointed out that when we're justified, we don't, we don't become morally righteous in and of ourselves. That's closer to what we might call you know, sanctification. Justification is a legal declaration of innocence, while sanctification is the removal of sin's effects in our lives. Justification is instant, whereas sanctification is a process throughout all of life. Justification is God saying something about you. Sanctification is God working something in you. Yet, the more you believe this doctrine, the more your life changes. <laughs> you know, after all, why, why would, why would um, Paul have critiqued Peter if he didn't expect Peter's life to have changed after embracing this doctrine of justification? So, um, maybe you can call this application um, as we close here, but uh, I just want to give you three ways your heart changes the more deeply you believe this doctrine. Uh, firstly, justification by faith changes how you relate to God. It changes how you relate to God. You see, if you've been justified by faith, that means God has given you his son, and you're now the recipient of his divine, infinite love. 
And as Romans says, if you've been justified, you've also been adopted. And God just isn't your judge anymore. He's also your father. And so no one else and nothing else needs to occupy the judgment seat of your life because the verdict has been rendered. You're accepted in spite of all your flaws, yet deeply loved. And this also means suffering that God brings into your life isn't meant to destroy you. God's not trying to get back at you. All of God's judgment has been spent on Christ. It now means that suffering is sanctifying. Suffering is now sanctifying. God's making you more holy. But secondly, justification by faith changes how you view yourself and others. You see, if you're justified by faith, you're no longer surprised when you sin. <laughs> you're no longer surprised. You're not as defensive as when, pe- when people confront you on issues that they see in you. You'll be humble, but, but not in the sense in which you believe every critique of you is true, but you'll be humble in the sense that every critique of you could be true. You see the difference? And you won't be surprised when other people sin, especially other Christians. You'll actually come to expect it. Right? A great many church leaders have fallen just in this past year and fallen into deep, deep sin, habitual sin, with little to no accountability because the people surrounding them actually believed that their leaders were above such egregious sins. But this won't happen if you believe in justification by faith. On the one hand, you'll believe in the best of the best of someone, right? But you'll also believe that they're deeply flawed and they can go off the deep end at any moment if unchecked. And lastly, justification by faith alone changes how you think about good works, good deeds. One of the mottos of the Protestant Reformation was that justification is by faith alone, but a justifying faith never is alone. In other words, this doctrine inevitably leads to change in lifestyle. And no one better than Martin Luther himself says it in his writing, Freedom of the Christian. He says, our faith in Christ does not free us from works, but from the false opinions concerning them. From the foolish presumption that justification is by works. You see, faith redeems, it corrects, it preserves our consciences so that we know righteousness does not consist of our works. Therefore, believers are guided in all of their works by this one thought, by this one thought, that he may serve and benefit others in all that he does, considering nothing except the need and advantage of his neighbor. In other words, if you believe this doctrine, you no longer need or even want your works to justify you. When this happens, you begin to serve others out of love for them, for them instead of love for yourself. And this is through faith. And this is what actually makes a good work a good work. And not surprisingly, you'll actually become a better church leader, a better servant, a better husband, a better sibling. So... Justification is by faith alone, Christ alone. Believing this doctrine changes how you live. Um, and as I close this morning, um, I just kind of want to leave you with a question. Right? Um, what path are you going to choose? Right? What path are you going to choose? The path of faith or the path of works? See, the path of works is not just pointless, but it's also terrifying because not only do our works prove insufficient, we're so sinful and so limited that we don't even know all the ways in which we're currently sinning. Our sin has made us blind to the depths of our sin. 
And the only thing worse than being blind is not knowing you're blind. To even think that you can stand before God with a list of good deeds and a list of bad deeds and think the good outweighs the bad is foolish. You see, my point this morning is simple. Put your faith in Jesus alone because only Jesus can justify you. And so as the band comes up, um, I just want to close us with a, with a hymn from uh, a Scottish writer. It goes like this. Weary, working, burdened one, wherefore toil you so? Cease your doing, all was done long, long ago. Nothing either great or small, nothing sin or no. Jesus did it, did it all long, long ago. Till to Jesus' work you cling by a simple faith. Doing is a deadly thing. Doing ends in death. Cast your deadly doing down, down at Jesus' feet. Stand in him, in him alone, gloriously complete. Have you stopped your deadly doing? Are you standing in him alone? I hope so. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you've justified us through Christ. Forgive us for the ways in which we fail to see this. Help us to put away our good deeds. Help us to repent of our good deeds. And help us to rest in you, Jesus, alone. We pray this in your name. Amen.